Turn your Bibles up to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And uh, let me just say this. Um, there is an amazing season of grace right now. I, uh, I've been a pastor for 30 years and full-time ministry since 1981. And I've never really sensed this type of a corporate grace. And, and I hope you can hear me this morning. Uh, we just finished our first week of our 21-day fast. And, and, and last night was seven nights of intercessory prayer here. And, and uh, we average right at 60 or just a little over people being here every night for prayer. Now, if, if you don't understand anything... For a church our size to have 60 people show up just for intercessory prayer is revival in itself. Amen. Amen. Pastor friends, traveling ministers of ours. So what I'm saying is that there's a corporate hunger and there's something available. God makes things available. You choose whether you are involved. Just like I said in the offering, you don't have to be a tither. There's no law that tells you to tithe. Paul just said in Galatians 3 that we are connected and we are heirs to the blessing of Abraham. Not to the law, but we are joint heirs and we are partakers of the blessing of Abraham in Galatians 3. But to be a partaker of the blessing, I have to live the same faith life that he lived. So you don't have to live a life of faith. You can live by your own provision, by your own power. I choose to live by faith and have the blessing of God upon my life. I choose to be blessed by the greater and perceive myself the lesser. Are you with me this morning? But there is a great grace that is available right now. And I'm saying the same thing. You don't have to partake. You don't have to enter in. I'm just saying there's something available if you choose to that I haven't sensed in 30 years of ministry for you to be able to enter into. So as we continue this 21-day fast, and I told the men this morning, I believe, and it's in your outline, I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but I'm going to give you my prediction for what I feel God wants to do this year, what I'm sensing in my spirit. But last night, there was a couple other directions that I wanted to go. I planned out two messages. I knew what we were doing last week and the changes the Lord spoke to me about and uh, for our church and uh, Sean ministering. And I know Donnie Moore's coming at the end of this month. So I've been in, in my great wisdom, <laughs> spiritual prowess. I had mapped out two great words. And last night in prayer, the Lord said, I think it'd be better if you just did this. <laughs> I said, I think it probably would be too. Amen. <laughs> so in essence. But uh, I'm, God, if you will let Him, will take you someplace in prayer that you probably have never been before. And uh, last night, the Lord just told me to walk us through, to begin to walk us through the Lord's Prayer. So Matthew chapter 6, if you're there, I will join you. I'm going to read a few verses and then just look at a few parts of this. And I don't know how far we'll get. We'll continue this Tuesday night. And uh, because we're in this season of prayer and fasting, this 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're just going to continue just like we did this last week. We're not going to be here every night for prayer, but we're going to continue our theme all the way through. Again, I'll just tell you, 
If you haven't begun to pray and fast yet, there is a grace to enter into this that that you will not understand until you say yes to God. God, I'm going to seek you. There's something about this year and giving this first part, just as we said in the offering, when you put the heap up there, you took the first off the top, and actually when we hear about first fruit in the Bible, that's where the concept came from. In harvest, they would bring all the harvest in, pile it up in a heap, and then the first off of the top would be given as an offering to God, that first fruit. And Proverbs 3 says, verses uh, 10 and 11 says, Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your vats and your presses shall overflow with new wine. And so there's that part of something about giving God that top part, that first part. And with the first falling on a Sunday and the very first day of the year, not starting on the third or the seventh or whatever, but just being able to start. Something is significant. I don't know how to say it. Sometimes we try to articulate and to explain with, with, with speech that is so limited what God is trying to do by His Spirit. Are you with me this morning? Amen. And so I, I hope you can catch this this morning. Amen. And uh, so God wants to do something. So if you'll enter into this, God can do great things. Matthew chapter 6 and beginning in verse 5, Jesus says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, they have their reward. But when you pray... Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Verse 7, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows that you need, you have need of all, uh, need, knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, this morning in these next few moments, I pray that you will be the message. Your heart, your love, and who you are, and what you desire for each person today will be the message that they receive. Lord, we commit this time to you. We open our hearts, our ears, and our lives to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Look at the cover of your outline, if you would. This is also quoted in Luke 11, chapter, chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass that as he was praying a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Message Bible says it like this. I like it. 
So he said, when you pray, say, Father, reveal who you are. Reveal who you are. And I want you to hear me this morning. This is a year that God is going to do that. That, that 2012, I believe, that there, and, and I told the men this morning before prayer, that I sense that God is desperately trying. God is not desperate, but, but I sense for lack of a way to communicate that, that God is desperately trying to reveal Himself to His people. That there is a pull of the Spirit on the hearts of those that know Him by name. Not those that just believe. I believe God is pulling on people to open their heart and He is desiring to reveal Himself to them. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray, Father, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves. Somebody ought to say amen. We give the devil. The devil gets blamed for more stuff than we do. Amen. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Amen. But when you pray, you pray like this. It's hard to talk about prayer. There's a tendency to absorb so much with our minds that it hinders our spirits from grasping the reality that is beyond the surface. It's so easy to have the letter about the Spirit and forget that the letter, even if it's about the Spirit, is not the Spirit. Even though I read about the Holy Spirit, even though I talk about Spirit, even though I say, Jesus said the words I speak unto you, they are Spirit and they are life, knowing all that, but the Word itself is not the Spirit. The inner essence is beyond the letter, beyond the feelings, beyond the mind, and beyond the intellect. The spiritual essence gives life. It's not the words, it's something beyond the words. It's the whole concept, it's the spirit, it's the attitude, it's the steps of prayer that Jesus just laid out. You said these are the steps. If you'll begin and begin to take these steps, if you'll approach the Father like this, prayer is approaching the Father in communication, in relationship. It's coming before Him. It's drawing nigh to God. It's drawing close to God and asking God to draw close to you. It's entering into communication with Him. And you begin that. Jesus said, begin your communication. When you talk to somebody, say, hello, how are you? There's introductions. There's a beginning and then you get into the discourse and then there's a way that you say goodbye so Jesus says this is how you have conversation with God this is how you commune with God this is how you have relationship with Him so these are the steps that He lays out for us the Lord has been taking me back to some things that I thought I knew how many ever had Lord God do that you thought you were all that and a bag of chips and then He Things that I thought I knew well and showing me that they were not exactly what I thought they were. Prayer is one of those things. The Lord's Prayer is one of those prayers. It's easy to look at it and as Tozier said, explain the obvious. Maybe we have to start there, but we can go beyond that. Would you agree? So for the next season here, I want you to walk with me or actually let the Lord lead you by His Spirit on a walk through this prayer. 
allow all that He taught His disciples then to transform your lives here today. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk. There's no way that anybody can judge another person where they are with God. You're the only one that knows where you are with God. You're the only one that sees yourself in a mirror, as James says, and know what you behold. So, in your relationship with God, I just know that God wants to take you closer than where you've ever been. And bring you into a relationship that you've never known before. Allow Him to teach you what He taught His disciples. But in your prayer life, maybe you felt like, God... I just prayer has been a frustration. It's been something. It's a, it's something you agonize over. It's something. Oh man, the one little old saint that said actually to her pastor one time he called everybody to prayer and it was a serious situation. She goes, "Has it really come to that?" Amen. So, but I want you to hear me again this morning. I need to say this again. There is a call into this relationship with God, and I said that when before we started the offering this morning 2012 I don't care what goes on around you this is a year for you to have a great year in the Lord God to do some your personal engagement corporately together as a church this is going to be such a significant year in the Lord each of the past five years we have begun with fasting and prayer This is the year God wants to take us to a whole new place in our relationship and walk with Him. I believe 2012 will be a year of great spiritual renewal and awakening in the personal lives of His people. A year that will focus less on what He will do for us and more about what He desires to do in us and in those around us. This is going to be a year of the sovereign work of God. What I mean by that, when you begin to invite God in, if you study revival and you see what happened, you find that there were people who were hungry for God. And then what they do is that they prepare themselves. Prepare yourself by confessing sin. You prepare yourself by getting right. Sanctifying yourself and setting yourself apart unto God. God told Moses, you tell the people to sanctify themselves. Day after tomorrow, I will come down and meet with them. So the people prepared themselves and then God came down. And so when people get hungry and say, God, we don't know what we want. We just know we want you. Amen. How many have ever had your kids ask you for something? You said, no, I know you want that, but that's not what you need. How many know you're like that with God? You're petitioning God for what you want, what you want, what you... And God says, I know that's what you want. But that is not what you need. So what I need you to do is trust me to be your father. Trust me to be the one who... And trust me to provide truthfully for you what you need. Because if you'll let me give you really what you need, you'll find the fullness that you're looking for. Amen? So... When we prepare ourselves, then God comes in and He, we say, God, we're taking all the preconceived concepts and notions and ideas of you off. And we're just creating a place and we are inviting you in. And then you can do whatever you want when you're here. Come in and do what you want. The Bible says, even when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, we talk about in Pentecostal church, we, we love and and. In case you haven't we are Pentecostal. We do believe in the Spirit. We do believe in God, all that stuff. That's good. But we don't get to direct that. 
The gifts and the Spirit moves by His will. That means you create a place where He come in and by the manifestation of His Spirit, He sovereignly moves by His wisdom, His power in our midst to accomplish what needs to be done, not what we like to feel. We've learned how to have feelings with God instead of have relationship with God. Are you with me today? Praise the Lord. So this is going to be a year of the sovereign work of God. Every thing will flow from the depth of our relationship with Him. Please hear me. God is inviting you into a relationship with Him. This year, God will do great things out of the depth of your relationship with Him. And what He's doing, He's inviting you into a deeper relationship. What's that mean? That means when young people begin to meet each other, or a couple begins to meet each other, and then one begins to press the other to go deeper in the relationship. I'm not just talking intimately or, or, or carnally, sexually. I'm talking about commitment. Because a lot of people like to do all the stuff without the commitment. Which is just a cheapskate. Amen. You're just cheap. Amen. But what you ask for is relationship. And when one begins to press, the other says, Oh, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready to go that far. And that's what God is asking you for. In the depth of your relationship, He's pressing you and I to commit. Are you with me here today? To commit. Praise the Lord. This will be a year of encounter. Which brings us back to this prayer. Amen. Our Father. Our Father. Jesus said, after this manner pray. First step. Our Father. First step. Our Father. Corporately. He's speaking to them collectively. And there are times that we pray collectively. Then there's times that we pray privately. Collectively we can pray our Father. Personally we, we pray Abba Father. My Father. Amen. God's inviting you into that place where you know Him as Father. I don't know how you pray. I don't know how you begin your prayer. I, I, a lot of times I listen to people when they pray. And when you pray, it's supposed to be with your Father. To your Father. This is the beginning of relationship. I don't think we can overemphasize this. He has to be our Father. God never deals with us in a cold relationship. There has to be something more than that. There has to be something living. There has to be something warm. A love relationship. A knowledge of who He is. The one with whom I have relationship that's what God is inviting you into Jesus says you want to pray then it begins with stepping into a relationship with God as your father he is the one who is faithful with the immensity of heaven's fullness the one who is faithful and true to his purpose in my life when God sees you, all He ever sees, I don't care where you are, like I said, I don't know where you are spiritually. I don't know what your relationship is with God. I don't know whether you're on fire, were on fire, or have never been on fire. But God, when He sees you and He sees me, all He sees is the purpose that He ordained for your life. 
And even when I grew up and I knew I should give my life to God. And all those years growing up and I knew I was just running. I knew I was running. I didn't tell myself I was running. But deep down inside, in the depth of who I am, I knew I was running to God. Which is why when I came to myself, I knew to go to God. And many of you, the same thing happened to you. You were running and you knew you were running. Some of you are still running. But when you come to yourself, you know you need to go to God. And when we come to Him, He shows up and He deals with us according to the purpose that He always had for our lives. He is the faithful one to His eternal purpose in us. He leads me through places that my mind can't understand. As He leads me through places where my feelings cannot follow and if he is going to lead me he's going to lead me through all of those places this truth has to undergird everything there are two things we need to know about God one that he loves us secondly that he understands us come on church he is faithful and he is true he is our Father. Some people go through life understanding only with their mind and it never ever filters down to their heart. Never becomes something that upholds. Never transmit light from within upon the rest of their, our circumstances, upon the rest of our limitations, and upon the rest of our battle. There are so many ways that we can approach God and call upon Him. If you read your Bible, you find out that Israel knew Him as Jehovah, as Yahweh, as El. They had all kinds of names for God. Everything. Different ways to speak and approach God. Jesus now comes and says to His disciples, call Him Father. How do you approach Him? In fact, it was, there, there's a time that, that, that for the Jewish people, you couldn't say, there's a part of the name of God, you couldn't say it. You couldn't say God's name. It was too sacred, too holy to say the name of God. So he just kind of talked around who he was. And then Jesus comes down and goes, Call him Father. Call him Father. Father. Lord, teach us to pray. Okay, come here. My Father. As Jesus walked, what did he say? My Father and I. My Father and I. My Father and I. When you come to Christ, you are placed into Him. You're not individual. But if any man be, what? In Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And so Jesus said, my Father and I are one. I do the things that I say, the things I hear my Father say, do the things that I see my Father do, I do His will. So you and I are brought into that relationship with Him. Amen. There's so many ways to approach Him, but Jesus says, come as Father. Romans 8, verses 15 and 16 from the Amplified Bible says this, For the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery, to put you once more into bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. The spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Father. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit. Assuring us that we are the children of God. 
So prayer, relationship with God, and come in this place of being able just to approach Him. Go with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. You still with me this morning? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him. Just as He chose us where? In Him. In Christ. God chose you in Christ. Before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. Having predestined us to what? Adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. The Beloved is the Lord Jesus Christ. So you and I in Him, but we have been adopted as sons and children into Him. For some, the thought of coming to God as a father is strange and distant. He has always been a faraway concept in the mind. And not a personal relationship in the heart. Some of you here today, and last night as I was praying, God spoke that very portion to me. He says there will be some here today that because of their life, because of what's happened, it's hard for them to have a concept of a loving Father. It's easy for them to think about God, but a loving Father... And to open up and to enter into that relationship. God can heal that in your life today if you will receive Him as your Father. We were joking. I found out one of our pastors that works in the homeless ministry, Pastor Frank Gates over at Cold Spring Community Church. He was teasing about a meeting coming up and they were trying to schedule it. And people going, well, how do I get here? My schedule won't work. So he sent out this email and he says, oh, uh, I... I was supposed to reunite with my mother that I haven't seen in 43 years, but I can postpone that. I'll be there. Because everybody's making a big deal of their schedule. And so I wrote him back. I said, dude. I said, we're going to talk about stupid stuff. Go connect with your mother. I said, I'll feel it. And he goes, oh, I'm just joking. I said, dude, I'm really going to get you now. You know? <laughs> Amen. But he was being, it was a sarcastic thing, but... There are some people that that's a reality in that. And so it's hard to make that connection. But God, no matter how long you've been separated, no matter what's happened in your life, God is reaching out to restore relationship with you. God is calling, hear me this morning, God is calling us into Himself, into a walk and a true life experience with Him right here, right now. Heaven will be an extension of the walk and the relationship that we have with our Father now. He said, Our Father, which art in heaven. I used to read this and think, well, He is a heavenly Father. He is up above. He's got a realm of power which is above the earth. I think there's something more than that. As years have gone by, I'm seeing that God, through my many circumstances, through tremendous pressures, teaches the soul the enormous distance that there is between heaven and earth. The enormous distance that I must travel if I'm going to get to heaven. Titled this message, Breaking Through into Heaven. 
And so many times we pray, but we never leave where we are to go to where He is. I hope you can hear me in these next few moments. Please stay with me. God invites us to enter in. The Word of God is filled and the invitation from God is to enter in. Jesus said this, He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you and He's coming back to take us where He is. We live so much trying to bring God to where we are. He invites us to where He is. And Jesus in prayer is teaching us to go into that place of relationship with Him which removes you from where you are into His presence. Is this making sense? I hope I'm saying this to where you can receive it this morning. I'm just starting to realize a little bit of where God calls me to, how far it is and how hard it is to get there. Paul said, I'm pressing for the upward call. But think about it like this. If you go back to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10, John, the Apostle John, at the, as he's beginning to pen, he's getting ready to receive the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ to the churches and what's going to happen and transpire at the end of the age. And it says he's there on this island. But listen to what it says. I'm, I'm here on this island and, and I'm here on this rock and, and, and I'm incarcerated. I'm doing manual labor. I'm breaking rocks. I'm, I'm making gravel. But in this place, in this destitute place, I was not in this place. I was in the Spirit. And learning how to go from here into the realm of heaven in the Spirit. I mean, it's easy to step aside and kind of illustrate that. But it's further than that. I mean, know what I'm saying. And trying to get there in prayer is more than just bowing your head in a brief moment. It's more than just casually passing by. There, there's some distance to cross to enter heaven. To enter in the presence of God. You, you have to leave something. To go from one place to You have to leave that place to go into this place. Are you with me? John says, I was in the Spirit. The child on earth has to go to heaven if he's going to get his prayers answered. Please look at me this morning. Most Christians don't believe in prayer because they've never gone to heaven with their prayer. We prayed towards God. We prayed at God. But we've never entered into the presence of our Father and talked to our Father. Jesus says, when you pray, say, my Father. God is no longer up there. You come into communion, connection, relationship. The old Puritan proverb said this, God will not refuse to answer to any man's prayer who goes to heaven with his need. What's that mean? I've got to get beyond a self-seeking, a self-interest. I've got to get beyond an earthly concept of the thing called prayer. It's a selfish prayer. And it'll never get to heaven with it. I'll never get to heaven with it. But once I leave earth, the selfishness which is of this earth stays in the earth. The hang-ups, the complexes, the doubt, the fears, all of those things that are of earth. I reach through the heaven. It means I go beyond all earthly things and I get to the place where their influence cannot reach. I get into His presence. 
And this is the challenge that Christ has put before us. When you pray, say our Father. And I think it's amazing. The disciples had been raised in church. They went to synagogue. They, 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 they knew. They heard scriptures read. They heard prayers read. They had prayers for, for every service, every season, every, every festival, everything in. This is what you read. Okay, cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm reading the word, but it's just the letter. And there is no life. And there is no relationship. But now they're walking with Jesus. And He's called them to Himself to follow Him. And every time they couldn't find Him, they would go to search for Him, and He would be found in prayer with His Father. And they're listening to Him. And they're trying to figure out when to interrupt. People need you. The crowd. Crippled the lame. They're there. But they're watching Him in prayer. And they're seeing something in Him that is not a letter. It's not a form. It's nothing else. And, and, and then He excuse me, comes out of that moment and walks to the people. And when He gets there, He shows up with power. And he's able to meet needs. And so they begin to go, uh, hey, teach us that. <laughs> teach us to pray. So he says, okay, come here. My father. My father. Stay there, my father. Isn't it amazing on the cross, Jesus said, Father. Why have you forsaken me? And you watch him, he walk, and all he talked about, my father, my father, my father, my father said, my father, he's my father. So he says, for you, he says, come, you want to pray? Come here and say, Father, it's your father. He formed you, he made you. You come from him. His DNA is on the inside of you. If we we tested your blood, He would be accountable. He is your Father. Formed you and He made you and He calls you back to Him. We're called to pray in the Spirit. To live and to walk in the Spirit. We're called to reach through into the heavenlies. That's the place where we possess our inheritance. Go with me to Hebrews 10. I'm telling you, this year, God is wanting To me wondering, Pastor, why did you put the pulpit down here this morning? Because this is where we don't... Sometimes we elevate things, we do things, we look up. No, there's no gap, there's no distance. God wants us... God comes down with us. 
Listen, we just remembered Christmas. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. Father with child. Father with His children. God with us. Hebrews 10 verse 19 Therefore brethren having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which He has consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Hear me this morning. Some of us have believed the lie. There is a devil who has lied to many people. And he said, you know what? Because of your failures, your father has rejected you. He has abandoned you. You've been an abandoned child. You've been an offcast child because of your failures, because of your sins, because of your choices. We may be experienced that in the natural, but because of our pain in the natural, I can tell you right now, the devil will turn that around and he'll tell you that about your heavenly father. God will have nothing to do with you. He is judging you. He won't forgive you. But I'm telling you that Jesus came to save that your father has never abandoned you he will never reject you and he has adopted you back into himself he is your father he is your father so you're invited to enter into his presence there must be an entering in too much of what we do is religious service and never leaves where we are we have to accept the invitation of God to come into His presence through relationship with Him. Man is bought into religion, but Jesus died for us to have a relationship and access into the very presence of our Father. Accept your invitation. And I'm telling you again, by the Spirit of God, there is a grace this year. And it breaks my heart, and I believe it grieves the heart of God. Because there are people all around the world and all across our nation who will just walk through doors of buildings where assemblies of supposed to be believers are. And they'll be content just to walk into a building and to sit down for a few moments and to hear something, somebody say something about God, some eloquently, some stammering, some like me that make no sense at all. The whole time God is inviting them and, and, and they'll walk out and they'll never realize that they walked in and walked out without ever experiencing God, without ever having a relationship with God. And the heart of God is calling to them and pulling to them and yearning for them. But they'll be content to go in and to go out and to go in and to go out. But this is a year when God is providing the grace for His people and God is moving across this land and God is trying to bring His people to Himself. Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name hallowed be thy name young people listen to me many of you have grown up in church and like my kids my kids don't have an option for going to church amen and you pray for your children that, that Lord willing by the time they grow up something sticks I'm serious because each one is left with their own choice. You don't make your kids serve God. They're left with the choice. 
but you raise them and you try to you, you have to live a good choice before them we have responsibility as a parent to live the right choice before them so that when they get to that age and they're weighing things out mom and dad they see a viable choice in you not one that's convoluted not one that's mixed up not one that's cloudy they see a distinct change my parents serve God I don't know if I'm ready for that commitment but I know I've seen what it means I've seen somebody walking out serving God not somebody kind of like talking about acting like but never serving God but young people it'll come down to you because you'll be like disciples. We drag you to church. We make you come. And we get you here. And you read it. And, 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 and you hear it. And it can just be blah, 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 blah. Or one day, you'll open your heart to the presence of God. And like the disciples, you go, oh, 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 Teach me that. And you'll open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And something will get upon you. And you will have your own experience. And there will be the day that you say, Father, my Father. Jesus said, Hallowed be thy name. Which means, be thy name separated in my thinking. Let your name be separated in my thinking. The Spanish Bible says, Your name be sanctified. It means separated. We tend to bring God down and mix Him with our earthly senses. God all mixed up. But it says, be your name separated. Hear me this morning. God's kingdom and man's kingdom do not mix. God and the devil do not mix. God's nature and man's nature do not mix either. God is not coming to mix Himself into you. God offers you life after death. He offers you new life. His life. Hallowed be thy name. Let your name be separated in my thinking. That God's name be set on high on a holy pinnacle unreachable for all else. Separate from every other thing. All my religious drives, all my religious ambitions, all my desires that God would bless me, that God would work through me. All those things must be set to one side. Hallowed be your name. Let there be no taint in my life on the name of God. One of the first commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It's not just swearing or anything of that sort. It's not just sinning in the sense of outward sins. It's taking something of God and not realizing the potential of that which we have taken. Share with the guys yesterday at the motorcycle ministry. The, read an analogy about this. is like, if you get my truck, my truck has a 5.7 Hemi in it. And when I started, it go boom. Because something with the Hemi, you should hear it running. <laughs> Just saying. Amen? When I start my motorcycle, you can hear it running. Amen. First one I had, somebody said to me one day, is that running? I said, alright, that's it. And then on. Short time later, they said, you ride way over there. That's way too loud. I said, is it running? Yeah. Amen. But 
having potential. Having potential and never using it. To me, to have a Hemi in my truck and never use it is a waste. I'm just saying. So when I get on the freeway, I get on the freeway with authority. You will never honk at me going, why are they merging so slow? Amen? Amen. But for you to have authority in God to take something of God and to get on the freeway going 15 miles an hour, to walk in your life without ever utilizing the power, without ever knowing that the power of God is even alive on the inside of you, or that you're running. It's vain to take all of heaven and apply it. Hear me this morning, guys, as I close. It's vain to take all of heaven. It is vain for you and I to take all of heaven and apply it only to our life. To live thinking that God exists for you. That God is here to bless you. That God is here to prosper you. That God is here to make you great make you free make you this make you death do this for you and do that for you the vainest thought you can have is to bring God down to you so that I'm free I feel happy I don't have hang ups I'm not condemned, dragging a sense of guilt. We are limited. We are like a horse with blinders on. We look in one direction. We see one thing. We follow a path that others have marked for us. But God wants to set us free. And when we open up, say, God, come and move sovereignly in my life. You just put everything away and you approach Him with my Father. And you just begin to reverence His name. Holy is your name. Set apart is your name. I will not ascribe anything to it. Attach. I will not touch it. To profane His name. To use the Lord's name in vain. Ascribing it to something less than what it is. Degrading it. Demoralizing it. I love this illustration. We are like painters that paint miniatures. You ever seen those? Little bitty miniatures. It's like a whole city. These little people, little everything. And with just this little miniature. And we try to get God into our little miniature landscape of our life. Come in. Come in. God does not come in to where we are. He doesn't fit. So he says, when you invite me in, I invite you in. You can't contain me. So even in our life, the best he can do is fill us and then flow out of us. 
He said that if I enter you, you can't contain me. I am un- God is uncontainable. So whatever your picture is of God, if you try to get Him in there, and that's what He wants, he, he can't even begin to get in there. He only comes into a place that will allow Him to flow in and continue to flow out of. He only works in a place where He can come in and continue to flow out of. God cannot be restricted, contained. He doesn't come by measure, it says of Jesus, that God does not give the Spirit by measure. So in our life, if, if I have this and I got God worked out and I got Him in my little miniature here, However, I can make up. There it is. Whatever. Get him in it. He doesn't fit. Amen? And if you come. Maybe in that little painting you can see a whole landscape. I think that's what we do with God. We try to reduce it all down. Here's God, all the fullness of God. Look, there are the mountains, the little lakes, blah, blah, blah. Romans 10 says, Who has ascended up to heaven to bring God down? Can I tell you, every invitation from God is to come to where He is, not for Him to come to where you are. To enter into where He is, as we read in Hebrews 10. We're not to live in a Lilliputin world. What's that mean? Read Gulliver's Travels. We're not, we're not just little, everything's not little, tiny, small, minuscule, trivial. God doesn't paint in miniatures. The dimension of God is universal. The name be set apart and not reduced to my world of miniatures. We need to pray that. We need to pray, Father, your name be hallowed in my life and set apart from every earthly influence and power, concept, and feeling. Please put everything out of your hands. Set everything aside. Today I'm just going to extend to you an invitation. I'm not preaching New Year's resolutions to you. I'm not saying this just because it's a turn of a year there's been a shift and a turn and a push God has been pushing us pushing me working in my life for a long time changing things and I said earlier nobody here knows where you are with God but you nobody knows your relationship Where you are with God is like how husbands and wives are. Many times people walk in public and there's only a thread holding their relationship together, but they act like they got the best thing on planet Earth. We put masks on, we disguise, and we try to hide. Jesus just said, if you would come to God and say, My Father. I'm just telling you, there is an anointing. I believe it's a corporate anointing that's in the earth today. That's inviting people to come to God. God has given a grace. I'm serious. I've I've sensed this in, in the years I've been pastoring. The grace that's available right now. And you can make a choice to enter into that.
There's some of you here today that you just need relationship restored with your Father. Some of you have run from God. You've reduced your relationship back to that place of just being content to walk through the doors of a building periodically and call that relationship with God. God's inviting you to come to where He is. To break through to the heavenly. Not to bring Him down. But to come to where He is. Teresa and Annie just going to lead us. I'm going to ask you as they begin to sing. I'm going to do this just like we do on Sunday nights for prayer. And all this week for prayer. I'm going to ask them to turn off these main, all the main house lights please. Father, we love you. These next couple moments, I'm just going to give you a time to move from where you are if the Spirit of God begins to pull on your heart. Move towards God and say, My Father, my Father, my Father, my Father. to begin maybe with nothing more maybe you need to say nothing more somebody here just coming back and just falling on his embrace letting God embrace you never let me go me in your arms yes how I love you so hold me in your arms never he invites you to come how I love you so I need you Father I need you Lord I need you never let me go hold me in your arms yes Father, we love you. Father. How I love you so. Hold me in your arms. Never let me go. Come on, He invites you into His presence. He invites you. I love you so. Taking that step to leave heaven and go to earth. To leave heaven and go to earth. To leave earth and go to heaven. Step into His presence. Step into His presence. Make the journey. Make the journey. Let me go. You saw my wounded heart. You knew how deep the scars. You said, Thank give you, it Lord. to me. Yes. I will set you free. You saw my wounded heart. You knew how deep the scars. You said, Give it to me, I will set you free. Hold me in your arms, never let me go. Hold me in your arms, how I love you so. Hold me in your arms, never let me go. Hold me in your arms. 